0: So, I am Lenora Swiston. It's always fun to announce your own name at the beginning of a show, and I'm the host of Civically Speaking here on the wonderful community radio station CFCR.ca which for those of you that are by dial is 90.5 FM, but you can get us anywhere across the world. And I know that folks do tune into this show. So with me today, I have Wendy Cooper, one of my uh, colleagues that comes on often. Hello, Wendy.
1: Hello. Yeah,
0: thanks for coming on. And we also have Jillian Strange. She's a teacher here in town. Now, I want to set this up because... We Wendy, you and I are part of something that we do monthly on this show, which is have a I have a discussion called Saskatoon Voice. And so that whole kind of the, 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 the view, I should say, yeah. the Saskatoon view. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I'm getting my acronyms I mixed up. I get to up. play Oprah. It's fun. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We get to play all different kinds of, 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 uh, of characters on that, talking about various different civic issues. And one that we kind of like touched on briefly in one of our last shows was around education. And so then, kind of as a postlude to that sh- show, or one of many shows, Wendy said, you know what, I know somebody who we might be able to chat about this issue. And so then, Julian, that brought you to CFCR today. So. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and then I think Wendy and I are going to kind of tag-team this in terms of having a conversation around education. I know you didn't think you were going to do that today, did you? I just
1: thought I was here to introduce everyone, <laughs> but that's fine. I don't mind being thrown in. Yeah, and, well, in the, you know, the as the we
0: kind of head into spring, and we're really hoping for some rain, and hopefully it's rained by the time this show airs, so in full disclosure, this is a pre-recorded show, and it will be uploaded um um, to the Civically Speaking Facebook page. So for those of you that need to catch this a couple of different times, you'll be able to. And so, Jillian, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: So I am a grade 7 and 8 teacher at Saskatoon Public, and I have done a lot of different work over my career. I'm near near the ending side of my career. Um, I've worked you look too young for that, though. <laughs> Thank you. It really does. Um, I have done... Um, uh, outdoor education programs that I've Created from scratch with uh, Another very s- strong colleague Of mine, Chris Clark And uh, so we did uh, Let's Lead Naganton which is A great um, grade 8 experiential outdoor education Program, mm-hmm. and right now I'm working with SAGE students, which means I'm working with this, uh, The academically gifted Yeah, And they are a fascinating Bunch to work with, I've taught French immersion, I've i taught any number of different things over my career, and I love it. I always work with uh, grade 7s and 8s. I pretty much haven't worked with anybody else, yeah. and they're my
1: favorite.
0: That's awesome. So you like the, the kids that a lot of people talk about that are thinking, oh, my God, those are the ones that always get themselves in trouble? <laughs> yes,
2: I do. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. I love the attitude. Yeah. I love the yeah. moment that they are in where they decide that they are going to be adults and then make the mistakes of being a kid and, yeah. and I like helping them walk through that yeah. it is a tough time yeah. and it's uh, a time where I can see a ton of growth and independence and I like working yeah. with that
0: yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So you know the education systems are pretty important thing civically speaking as we like to say on the show you know and so from an education point of view, as you said you're on the kind of on the, on the sunset part of your career what have been the biggest changes that you've seen in education over the years as a public school teacher
2: well the conversation that uh, wendy and i started when we ran into each other the other day is the biggest changes right now for us is the um, funding cuts yeah uh and and it's making some pretty extreme changes and we're seeing it a lot on the news and uh and it is affecting children
0: So can you share more about what that means, like when you say funding cuts? Because I think people might say, well, we've had funding cuts in the past. This isn't the first go-around in terms of educational funding cuts. And if you've been teaching for, you know, a decade or two or more, you know, that you would see those cycles. So what makes it different this time?
2: Well, I... think that a lot of people are hearing that there's been more money put into education in Saskatchewan in the last two years than has ever been done before. But I think that there isn't as much awareness that the year before that there was $54 million cut from education. And then in the following years after that, the $54 million was returned. But in the years since then, we've grown as a system, just in Saskatoon public alone, um, by 1,500 students. That could look like mm, three, four schools. Yeah. That's a lot of kids to have the same amount of money to work with that we didn't have for the last three years. Mm -hmm. So funding... The, the circular nature of funding cuts and, then, and returns are something, yes, that happens again and again, yeah. but our needs are growing, and we have the same amount of money that we have today as we had four years ago with 1,500 more kids in Saskatoon public, mm. and across the province, it's much bigger than that. So we don't have enough. Um, and so our kids who are in English as another language... They're coming from other countries. often they have got some baggage that they're bringing with them, and we just this year had to cut those teachers. We had to catch up cut our librarians this year. We've had to do a number of different things that we put off at Saskatoon public for for quite a few years because we went into our reserves, so we wouldn't hurt kids. And now we don't have any money left. It's interesting.
0: You're being really courageous, I have to say, because it's not often that you hear teachers speak out about kind of what I would say is, you know, dare I say, more the political side of stuff in terms of that. It's like, okay, cuts happen. I'm a teacher. I guess I got to suck this up and
2: deal with it. So what compels you to speak out about it now? I have done a lot of traveling in my lifetime as well, and I know that... And because I work with SAGE students and and we expand our boundaries all of the time about how we think about things, we know that education is what changes economies. It changes the whole life patterns and cultures of people. And when we hear in a, a very good life place, Canada, Saskatchewan, when we do cuts to our education we're hurting ourselves. And so I truly believe that we can't ignore how powerful education can be for everyone. And if we don't look at how our spending is to help our our populations grow, it's gonna cost us in the end.
0: So let me ask you this, what would be some of the places you'd like to see investment placed in education? What would be some of the best kind of um, value that could be placed within the education system today?
2: It, that's a tough one because mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the same for every school or yeah. every school division. Um, for me personally, when I look at what the cuts we've suffer, suffered the most recently in my own division, yeah. is that I would like the returns of a, those things that we've had to cut most recently because yeah. they are pretty dramatic to us. Mm -hmm.
0: So this is Saskatoon School Division and so what would be some of those things you'd like to see returned?
2: Uh, I would like to have the EAL teachers returned and increased if at all possible and I would love to see the uh, teacher librarians to go back to at least half time. They're now one half day a week in the elementary schools so they aren't teachers anymore, they're just taking care of the Mm -hmm. the books Mm -hmm. Um, we did have to take away our home academic and industrial arts programs for grade eights and this is not my division's fault in any way shape or form they're trying to respond to an impossible situation we need the the government to give them money more more money to respond to the needs and so For me, each division and each school system really has to answer that question themselves because everybody has quite different needs. But we know that in Saskatchewan, the needs of our special needs kids, the needs of special programs to engage students in what they're doing, to respond to the needs of our new immigrants coming in, those are our highest priorities. And that's the last thing that we want to cut. But sometimes you have to cut somewhere because you have no choice left yeah Yeah. so in an ideal world
0: what would be some of the other things that you'd like to see come into being in terms of the education system so if in you know in your dream team uh-huh. of having the resources and taking Saskatchewan from where you say they're not hitting the, the marks in terms of a province that's investing in their education. and we're speaking right now to the you know the primary and secondary kind of areas. Where would you say would be some of the things you'd like to see in the dream team if you would say, okay, government, pick it up here. Let's be the number one investor in education. What would you like to see?
2: So if the government were to uh, get some more spending and then the divisions chose what avenues to go in, me personally, what I see is that um, we need more resources for the mental health of our students. Um, mental health is a huge issue, and it's growing. Um, yeah. We continue need to need incredible supports for our immigrant populations. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. And our special needs populations do not get supported enough. Um, the There's always... A difference of weight of what the problems are depending on if you're in the urban centers or if you're in the rural rural centers. Um, we we deal with a lot of different issues in Saskatoon so we definitely need different things. We need engagement strategies for kids who are impoverished and who are disengaged from school. And so that's always been my yeah. love. That's the work that I did with uh, Leslie Naganatan and that programming yeah. aimed at kids that needed us more maybe than some other kids did and I think that we really are missing the boat with a lot of kids um, our First Nations populations do not graduate at the same rate as everybody else, including the immigration populations coming yeah. into Saskatoon, um, and by a huge margin, so I think we need more investment in strategies for how do we re-engage our kids so that they can graduate in four years like 60% of the other people are yeah. so, yeah, those are my, my yeah. best views, yeah, yeah
0: thank you you know for folks that are just tuning in this is civically speaking I'm your host Lenore Swiston and with me is Jillian um, Strange and she is a teacher within the Saskatoon public school system and I've got Wendy Cooper here who's been kind of half leaning in on the conversation but I'm to bring I'm you into this I'm
1: fascinated by all of this I well don't, I, you know I, I,
0: I want to bring you in because I mean you are a mom of two kids yes. one who just graduated out of you know the secondary school system and is now on his way to to being you know the adult you know and then you've got another one who's right in that middle school yeah. area and so you know when you think of your your sons going through the system what have you noticed and what are you noticing today as a parent of somebody in the school system
1: um what I'm what I'm seeing is that for Oliver and dealing with Jordan's death and and he had a very trying year the same year that Jordan uh, our Jordan's last year and there was the school loves him because he's such a charmer, and so there was a lot of support offered. I can speak to that directly. Yeah, Yeah. he's so cute. But, um, so there was a lot of supports in there, and they did have somebody who was a counselor on staff, and I think that makes a difference in that they knew there was times when he just needed out of the classroom. It It became too much, and so to not have that, For other kids, actually, it it pains me a great deal because I do see that he could have been really lost. It could have been a completely lost year for him. It was a hard year, but it wasn't lost to him. And so I really think that to take those supports away is just its foolish. Mm
0: -hmm. Jillian, when you hear that, what's some thoughts that run through your mind?
1: Well,
2: I know that it's the last area that we're going to cut in our own system right now Um, mental health is being signaled as being the highest need area for both teachers and students actually Um, because the the making do with less is what teachers are really good at because we love our kids and so teachers are becoming overwhelmed by the stress load of trying to respond to the needs of kids like Oliver who, who need to be loved yeah. and not forgotten and and recognized and have strategies. And so we're seeing it all over the place that we need more supports because there's not enough in place. There hasn't been. There's never been enough supports in place for mental health issues for sure. And um, we're, we can't put any more money in anywhere. We're taking stuff away. We aren't taking out Saskatoon public anybody Anything away from our resource teachers and our teachers who are supporting that kind of need, but lots of our school social workers and counselors have three, four, five different schools that they're working with. It's it's too much. You can't get to the kids and give them what they need. We need more. You know, it's interesting
0: because the you know I just reflect back on my own time. I was a rural kid who went to a public school in a rural environment. Up until I went to university, and you know what I always really appreciated about my education was the fact that growing up rural at a time—and I'll date myself here—but going back, you know, seventies, eighties, you know, and I'll and I would stretch that to the nineties for some folks. You still had extracurricular sports. You had coaches. You had a home ec room. You had a shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing You had great you know physical fitness. you were involved in provincial track. you did district sports all over the place. You got to meet your neighbors from the other schools. You'd come into the big city of Saskatoon and compete in track and field in other places there were other options of getting to know students from all over the place. Teachers came in like in droves to Saskatoon for the annual convention and we all cheered because it meant we had time, you know, <laughs> to be away from school. Yeah. You know, and That's I mean... Never and, and, a bad thing. You know, exactly. <laughs> and I just remember that some of the most, you know, things that have shaped me who I am today, I, you have to credit back to the education that I had and the teachers that played a part in that education you know they I have memories of you know my kindergarten teacher you know who's still alive all the way through to grade 12 where you know I had a couple of teachers where I cringe sometimes when I think about who they are you know and the influence they had maybe in not such a good way but overall oh my goodness experience of the education I had is great what I've heard you know and what I've witnessed through my own nieces and nephews and And grandnieces and nephews and godchildren and that is the things that I had the benefit of being able to be a part of. And also, you know, even relationships that we had with our indigenous um, schoolmates in the area that would come to our school for shop and home ec. So there was a lot of going and sports competitive and getting to know each other. Lots of that's been gone. Like you don't get the same extracurricular that you used to get. Um, You know, I don't even know shops, you know, exist anymore in terms of that. We were fighting the batter on gender, I'll say that much, you know, (laughs) and all that sort of stuff on, you know, boys shouldn't only be the ones that go to shop and home shouldn't only be for the girl students and that. So we've come a long ways there. We've come a long ways in terms of inclusivity and diversity. There was no, you know, um, chance for me to belong to a GLHS two-spirited club when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. That's changed now. But those changes, when I share that out to you out loud, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of resonates in the sense of you would think that over time we would be evolving, especially with technology, we would be evolving to be able to give more access for students. So your comment on that, I'd like to know. Because I think some folks might say, well, maybe we are getting more experiential learning and there are more specialized programs and there are more options. What would be your comment
2: back? Well, certainly not here, (laughs) not now. Uh, (laughs) You know? Yeah, both all across Saskatchewan right now all of the divisions Mm -hmm. are going to have to tighten up. And they have been. They either made tremendous cuts a few years ago uh, when the first cuts came through. And they're just able to meet some things back. But everybody's grown in Saskatchewan. The yeah. population of Saskatchewan is grown, let alone in Saskatoon. You just have
0: to drive around Saskatoon to see all the brand-new schools that are around there. And, I mean, I'm a real advocate for core neighborhood planning and putting in resources into the core neighborhoods. or like what's happening in terms of the, the, if you can comment on that in terms of like the resources between the corner, like where Oliver's going to school yeah. versus somewhere else. Yeah. yeah,
2: and and our system always <coughs> has recognized community schools and, and still supports yeah. community s- schools yeah. at a higher rate. Yeah. Um, for sure, and that will continue. That's yeah. that will never will never learn, lose knowing that that's extremely important. Yeah. but the problem is is that. If you have less personnel in your building, and it's all of the buildings that are affected because they've had to make certain decisions yeah. to be able to to, to make budgets which you, we haven't made in three years, yeah. everybody's going to be affected. There's no way that you can end. Home Ec and Industrial Arts had to be one of the things that we tried to find something that would hurt less.
0: Yeah,
2: um, And so it went. We don't have Home Ec and IA for grade, grade 8 students. We do for the high school, of course. Yeah. But, but it's the core neighborhoods will be pre- preserved and helped and supported as much as it can be. But when you have a finite amount of money and you're still making cuts, when the Saskatchewan government has said, we're giving you more money than we ever have before, it's a real disjoint. And I think it's really a disjoint for the public, too, is because you don't quite get, well, how can they give you $54 million over the last two years and you guys be complaining about... Not having enough money, people don't get it. No, we just got back what we <laughs> took it away, and so we can't move forward. We can't help people. We can't keep the numbers, the support, because we don't have any more, and we have more kids.
0: I think. I think some of the disconnect, and this is you know, jump in any time, one day here, but for those tuning into civically speaking, we're talking about education, and predominantly at the primary secondary level, and I mean. You know, one of the things that I think has been really challenging that I've been observing is that the, you know, thinking that somebody else will pick it up. Like I'm on a community association, so we're doing a lot of soccer programming. We're doing a lot of that. And it's like there's a part of me that this is great that the community is doing that, but at the same time... There are lots of folks that don't have that opportunity or privilege of being connected to community in the same way. So then what about the gap of those kids? I've often thought about that. as like the community can't... Like There's an ironic thing here because you want the community to be involved in extracurricular. But at some point, some of those value-added to me, like music and otherwise, are not value-added. To me, that's core education, so... I don't know if either of you want to comment on that in terms of what you see with that? Uh,
2: I think that it, it's a big question for teachers because mm-hmm. we really want the community to be with us yeah. and we want to work with them. Um, we have like the whole question around talking about who who's going to pick it up, yeah. who's going to pick yeah. up that slack and maybe somebody else will. Yeah. It, it's, it's a real difficult one because often because teachers and schools are the center of all communities is that that's where it's easiest for a lot of things to be picked up and organized yeah. right or organized right yeah. at, at the very least and teachers are now going but I I have to learn how to plan for kids that I never taught before because I had a specialist that worked with them and We've got these kids who need to have that extracurricular program or need to have that love and belonging in yeah. the community, and we can't respond. And they and the, ch- the children keep on losing because the communities can't do everything pro bono, and the teachers have a finite amount of time and energy because they're trying to deal with a whole bunch of stuff that's new to them yeah. because it's not being covered. I think that there are lots of gaps and that every group is trying to do the best that they can and they know what our values are, is that they are kids. But the kids aren't losing because you you can't make something out of nothing and you can only make do with what you have a little bit more, more and a little bit further for so long and then things start to crumble and that's where you need your government to go okay, this is a value that we have for all of our people, all everywhere, and we need to do something about it to support community organizations, to support the teachers, to support families that are trying to do the right thing and
1: can't. So, yeah, I, I think it's a concern, and I see it.
0: Yeah, Wendy?
1: I, I think part of the problem is, too, is that it would... It would be simple if there was just slots that you could go, okay, here, here's a piece of the pie, and it's all divided up. This is what the communi- community can do. This is what the school is doing. And everything's, like, there's an outside force that can join all these things together and, and, and kind of glue the pieces. But nobody has the time to do it. Like, the communi- people in the community make time for what they have, but their time might not match up very well.
0: Well, and I think that's part of what I hear sometimes is that like, well, we want to go to the school, but no teacher is willing to offer themselves. And I think the pushback from the teacher is, but I've been working and I can only put in so many resources because, you know, I can't be expected to just give. It's kind of like us, you know, as planners or dentists or whatever, whatever profession you are, where people are just saying, well, can't you just give me some advice on that? It's like, but that's my livelihood, you know? So it's, you know, it's like the, the famous thing about musicians always being asked to play for free. I think that part of that is kind of some of the dynamic is the expectations and the pressures are becoming more and more on teachers to kind of catch everything twenty four seven.
1: Well, and teachers also have lives and yeah, families. Well, that, that's the point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I think it it it's very easy to look at that person and just see that person. It's yeah. like when like I work at Safeway, so sometimes I'll go in in like jeans and a t shirt, and they'll go, "Oh, you're not working." <laughs> like that's all I do. <laughs> Well, I have other things in my life other yeah. than just Safeway, yeah. and that's you know, and that's a very small, finite thing because my hours are just what they are. Mm. But for a teacher, your hours extend out in so many ways because yeah. you take it home. So I,
0: I have another question in here, kind of that just popped into mind based on a stat that I learned not that long ago, which is that. Children, children, I should well, children turning to adults that are graduating today will be in jobs, literally, like between 60% and over, will be doing jobs that don't exist today. Right. That's a huge thing. How does the education system, how are you as teachers keeping up on this? Because, you know, it's, you're having to be ahead of that trend. And so, you know, we're using technology for this show, recording on different devices that didn't even exist, you know five years ago, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) literally in this
2: form. That's one of the costs that are going up for us as well, of course, is that not only do you need the technology itself present in your building so that the kids get the new technologies to learn from, but you need teachers who know how to work with it and know how to teach the kids, or at least learn how to allow the kids to teach themselves, because sometimes they learn faster than we do. But... Um, we, that's, that's part of this big problem is that you look at it and you go, okay, I'm a teacher. I'm going to give everything that I possibly can because I can see from the relationships I have with my kids in my room that you need this and you need this and you need this and I'm not going to give up until you get it. And that's how many, many, many teachers think and operate. And then you get spread really thin because you are trying to do this for this kid and this for this kid and and you don't have all the expertise behind it anymore because yes maybe you're not the tech expert or maybe you aren't the expert at trying to teach a second language and that kind of thing and so then that's where the kids get betrayed because regardless of how much the teacher wants to do it you can't at some point it's not even that hey I've got to reserve it for me and my family and I don't have enough time left in my day. It's actually, I can't do it. I don't have, I, it's gone. I have no, no yeah. more room for this yeah. anymore. And, 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 and then a kid goes home and they didn't quite understand what was going on all day because you couldn't get to them fast enough and with enough information. You, a kid goes home and they're really sad. And you weren't able to catch it and find out and do anything about it. And a kid goes home, and they didn't get onto a computer because there wasn't enough access to computers Mm -hmm. that day, so they couldn't finish that assignment. And so it's all... I kind of like to bring it back to to looking at them. It's not so much how much work I have to do, it's how much work can't I do, and therefore that kid's going to lose. And that's the thing that scares me. I want my kids to succeed, and... We need to find better ways to do it for them. Because do you,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You know, we're all we're in the last minute here. Not yeah. even like yeah. in. And I want to do a part two. I'd really like to do a part two with you because I think there's a lot more that we can converse here. But you know, like in these last final seconds, where where could somebody who's tuning in to learn more about some? places where they're doing really innovative things in education, where might you point them to look as an example? Because you said you're well-traveled and you look at education all over. Where might be a place to look?
2: Well, to tell the truth, Saskatchewan has some of the most innovative programs. Okay. in Well, I mean, Canada. you're
0: an outdoor school teacher. I mean, that is pretty cool and innovative, land-based learning. Land-based Please. learning, for yeah.
2: sure. And we have lots of programs here more than a lot of other provinces, although uh, uh, Ontario and Vancouver, BC does a lot of programming too. Um, a lot of the really great programming is coming out of New Zealand. Okay. That's another place to really look for yeah. stuff. Um, Canada New Zealand, and then um, also Norway. Okay. Norway is huge.
0: Guess what? I have to say goodbye to us now. So thanks, Wendy, for bringing your friend on, Jillian Strand. Jillian, thank you for coming on the show. Really My appreciate pleasure. it. And thanks for serving our kids. My pleasure. Every day it's my pleasure. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. So, folks, you've been tuning in to Civically Speaking. Up next is the USSU show, and we're hoping to have Jillian Strange back with Wendy to talk about education again. All right, take care, everyone. Have a good evening.